What is happening, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the No Bull Podcast, powered by Plant Fuel Nutrition. I'm Dean, the vegan boss, and uh, my co-host, Raf, joining as well. How are you doing, my brother? Hi, Dean. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Ready to get started. Ready to get started. And you, you have a good day? Yeah, can't complain. Awesome. Listen, so here we are. Episode two. Um, a couple of months ago, I don't even think we even even considered doing anything like this, but here we are. Let's talk weight loss. Now, before we get started, I think it's important to mention uh, to everybody who is listening, and thank you to all of you who are tuned in. You're going to hear some tips, some recommendations, some personal experiences. I think it's important for you guys to realize that none of this is doctor's advice. And it's important that if you want to try anything, always just make sure that you check with your doctor before doing anything too crazy. Let's get straight into it. So at Plant Fuel Nutrition, we have started something called the Plant Fuel Wellness Network. And what we really wanted to do there is add real value to our customers and give them a network um, where they can get in touch with qualified practitioners, personal trainers, dietitians, recovery therapists, yogis. We're going to be doing those things as well. So we're really trying to add as much value as possible. And one of our Plant Fuel Wellness Network personal trainers we have joining us tonight is uh, Steffi Brent. Steffi, it's good to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Dean? <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. I'm just. I'm, I'm glad that you're joining us. I mean, you've got you've got like a a CV. I had to type it out. I, I think I'm on like three pages already of all the things you've done. <laughs> no, keep it brief. <laughs> <laughs> so listen. You've been an athlete pretty much your entire life. Yeah. Um, and then you've gone from doing that to becoming a beauty queen as Miss Namibia, which is crazy impressive, so well done. And then you did bodybuilding. You've been a reality TV show a star with regards to Survivor. I mean, you've pretty much done it all. And... Um, I think we're gonna try and we're gonna try and like dig into some of your own personal experiences uh, that you had with regards to prepping for uh, some of those events. I think it's important we kind of touch on the nutritional side of things with regards to weight loss because I think that's what everybody's here for. That's what we want to chat about. So let's kind of get straight into it. I mean, 2015, uh, you entered Miss Namibia. Do you even prep for that? I mean, are you kind of just born to be a beauty queen? I mean, how does how does it all work? Is there a, a certain way of going about it? There definitely is a certain way um, of going about it. Um, remember, before I um, entered the beauty pageantry world, I was an athlete. So I had to change my diet up completely. <clears throat> and because I, I develop muscle, you know, I build muscles quickly. I had to cut my calories um, and I had to stop doing weightlifting and, you know, do yoga and stretching and all of the stuff that um, kind of lengthen your muscle fibers. But ultimately, because the, the, the output, um, energy output 
was less, um, I had to adapt my calorie intake as well. So look, I mean, again, we've we've all seen the contests uh, and all of that, and a lot of those, some of those women are looking, uh, and and some of the men as well. They look they could look quite skinny, but I mean, like you saying, you you build muscle really quickly. Does it really make that big a difference in the way you approach it, uh, in in terms of the way you eat, or is it more to do with the way you train? I think it's a combination, Dean. I think you can't, um, a lot of people, especially on, on, on that platform, you have to be able to look the part and, I mean, at least have some shoulder caps or, you know, toned arms and stuff. Um, yeah. So some people do, they do the diets and they lose weight, but then they're not toned. That's why you can't, you can't diet without training. It goes hand in hand always, like for me. And also, it's it's all all about the lifestyle change. So, if you want to look like a model, then unfortunately, you can't eat consume the same amount of food as a as a bodybuilder or as someone that that spends time in the weight room. Uh, yeah. So, you have to eat less because your output isn't that much. Um, and also, I mean, you want to look a certain way. So. Yeah, it's it's very intricate. All of the stuff that you uh, put yourself um, out to do um, yeah. at different requirements. Yeah. So listen, I mean, as a beauty queen, did you go on? Did you have to go on any kind of crazy strict diets that people recommend ridiculous diets to you, or did you have a? I guess because you were an athlete, you probably already had a good idea, just in terms of how your body worked and what you needed to do. To, to be in shape? Definitely. The thing is, I did a lot of intermittent fasting and then obviously okay. just cut, cut my calories, um, uh, like the carbs and, you know, you have to know what your fat uh, carbohydrate ratio is. And obviously with being a beauty queen, I had to cut my protein um, as yeah. well because, you know, that's how you build muscle so less protein like the entire meals had to be cut in half so (laughs) and more you know consume more water like it wasn't one of my the the best experiences because I'm a foodie you know so there was a lot of restrictions um when I did that but it paid off I guess (laughs) Uh, okay hold on hold on you mentioned something interesting you said you're a foodie I am do, why? Just because you enjoy eating? Enjoying rich foods. I love, you know, my creamy foods. And just enjoying, like, when other people go buy band bags and shoes, just take me out for a good dinner. <laughs> you know, you see, now, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. You know, I think in the past, I had a, how can I put it? I had a very bad relationship with food. I used to use it almost as either punishment or reward. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard you've heard of that before. What ends up happening is as soon as you start restricting yourself from the things you enjoy, it's very, very easy to fall off the wagon and uh, and very difficult to get back. But listen, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So you know, beauty Dean, queen. I think the thing that's most important is 
You need to identify if you are an emotional eater. We have reward systems, you know. So when you had a good day, uh, let me reward myself with a chocolate. Or when I had a bad day, let me reward myself. So that's the thing. It's like you need to identify, you know, why, why are you eating? Are you eating yeah. because you're hungry or are you eating because you're craving something? And I think that identifying those elements as to why am I eating? Am I hungry? Am I hydrated? Or am, am I dehydrated? That's why I'm feeling hungry. It's super important because, I mean, you're hungry sometimes, you, most times when you're dehydrated as well. You're talking about the amount of calories that you intake. Does it make sense to say, if I exercise for this many hours a day, it justifies eating whatever I want to? You know, the, the thing is, you need to eat good macro, like good nutrients, wholesome foods. So, um, obviously, there's calories in versus calories out, you know, and you always have to be in a deficit if you want to lose weight. Um, and... Yeah, like the, the the quality of food plays a huge, um, it also plays a role. I mean, you can't go eat um, burgers and chips, you know, and, and um, you know, expect not to get cellulite and stuff, you know. Um, so <laughs> you, had, you had me at burger and chips. <laughs> I know, but I mean, for, for ladies, it's different, you know, because our metabolism work different. I agree. Look, I think it, it, it does make it a little bit interesting. I mean, there are, there are obviously different approaches to, to, to weight loss. And uh, I think Rafael was touching on that when, he, when he's referring to calories and all of these things. I mean, there's, there's a bigger push, I think, now towards people uh, monitoring and understanding their body better than just following some of these fad diets that have uh, kind of just popped up every now and then. Every every year or two, there's like some new diet that people are trying. And, uh, you know, and everybody gets really good results in the first couple of weeks and everybody's very amped and excited. And then after that, it's very difficult to sustain. You mentioned something about understanding why you are eating. And I think I want to touch on to bodybuilding because, I mean, bodybuilding is like an entire other monster altogether uh, when it comes to the way you eat. I've, I've obviously had some friends who've done bodybuilding before, and I'll tell you this, I considered doing a, a competition just before COVID, and it was kind of – it was, it was actually just after I um, went vegan. And I think the plan was to try and step onto a stage, you know, with plant-based muscle uh, and, and try and bust some myths that, you know, that people have always had when it comes to veganism. But, I mean, we're not here to talk veganism. So before people start logging off, let me, let me just make sure that we are, we are on that right away. When I saw the kind of meal plan and prepping that I had to go into it, man, I don't know if I could do that. Tell, tell me about that experience going into bodybuilding. I mean, you were like proper, proper insane stage really. That must have been crazy. Yes. Yeah, so um, when, like usually 
the natural progression of marriage is people get married and then they get fat because, I mean, pressure is off. So <laughs> when I got married, um, we, had a, we had a discussion and Clint said, well, let's get abs. And so um, as an athlete, I was never interested in having abs, you know, because it, it okay. was all about performance. Um, and you know, aesthetically that it, it contributes, but that's the byproduct of performance. I mean, if you, if you leaner, then you're going to perform better because you don't have dead weight that you're carrying. So now when I went into the bodybuilding, um, phase or sphere of my life, I had to eat constantly, you know, six meals a day. But no carbs, you know, they call it free veggies. So it's like the baby marrows and the broccoli and cauliflower and mushrooms and all of the things that aren't starchy veggies. So okay. I, Clint actually has a video, I don't know if he, he still has it in his archives, of me after I ate. I sat on the couch and I started sobbing because I was still hungry. <laughs> so. That's how grueling it, it it was because I was in a huge calorie deficit um, and I trained twice a day, you know, for about four hours a day. You know, in the morning you would do fasted cardio and um, abs um, and you'd be in the gym for an hour and a half. And then in the evenings you would do, you would train um, muscle groups, you know, so you would do an entire workout and that's why, you know, the split workouts it used to irritate me in bodybuilding because I I get bored <laughs> because yeah. just doing biceps the entire workout just yeah it's th- it's tough for me you know coming yeah. as an athlete um, yeah because I mean you obviously focus on on overall performance rather than trying to just build one particular muscle at the time. yes but but I, I can also understand you know going through that process now. It's important, and this is what I do with my clients. I combine the performance-based uh, training, like the compound um, moves, like the squats and the deadlifts and all of the stuff, um, yes. with um, you know isolated um, muscle groups in order to get the aesthetics, but also to make sure that the performance uh, people can, yeah, like flexibility and all of the, the things uh, that bodybuilders don't necessarily focus on locally. Um, yeah. that, that are super important that people neglect. Okay, listen, I see I see we have we have two people who I probably guess they want to ask a question. Are you are you are you open to answering some questions? I'm open to answering anything. <laughs> I think we'll just do the two right now and then we might do another two or three just before we finish up, if that's okay with everybody. Let's open it up to Pam. Pam, are you there? Can you hear us? Hello. Pam, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining. I don't really have a question. I just have an experience to share. Last year, um, I've kind of gone on a weight loss journey, and I've lost about 18 kilograms so far. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Well done. It's been – I was an emotional eater, so I fixed that first with my therapist. So – for six months out of that year, before I even started working out or even changing eating habits, 
I have to fix that part and go, yeah. dog, you don't get a treat. Um, and one of the big uh, things that I've seen in society is everything is centered around food. If it's your birthday, you go for dinner. If it's a celebration um, from a, um, uh, you've got a promotion, you go for a dinner and drink. Um, if it's a meetup, it's for coffee or breakfast. Everything is centered around food. So I have to change my behavior to go, can we go for a walk in the park? Can we go for a hike? Mm. And that was a big shift for me. And then, then exactly what you said, like deficits, I started counting calories. I tried veganism for a while. Dean, I'm so sorry. It, it was not for me, bro. <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not here to judge anybody. I promise. <laughs> I actually became a pescatarian. I actually stopped eating red meat um, altogether. I actually just eat fish now. So, so there was a shift. And one of the things I did was I actually started doing hip classes. And I can say that it was definitely a mix of the two. But Steffi, to your point, it's 70% in the kitchen and 30% what you're doing with my body. I just move my body as much as I can. So I got myself a fitness watch. I, I, I'm also an A-type personality. I don't like to lose. What I started doing was I realized I'd be exercising for 45 minutes doing hits, but I haven't been hmm. job. And I sit on my ash for 10 hours in front of the computer and nothing is happening. Hmm. Like I'm just sitting there. So what I started doing was doing um, runs in the parking lot. We have a we have a basement parking, and I basically just do laps. Yeah. Every every three hours or so, if I need to go to the bathroom, I put on my sneakers and I just run some laps or walk some laps. And I started to 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 change my whole idea of moving my body, moving my body completely and actually all wow. just one time in a day. Like the whole day, my body needs to be doing something unless I'm sleeping. So it's it's definitely like you said, it's it's a it's mental fortitude, and you've got to be ready for it. And I I absolutely love your career. I followed your career. I'm a huge fan. Um, your bodybuilding um, piece inspired me to the point where as soon as I lose the goal weight, as soon as I lose enough, that is actually where I want to go. I do want to go into bodybuilding and see if I can get into competition um, because um, I am now quite um, surprised and also um, understanding what my body is capable of doing. So now it's about pushing. I, I think it's important to put your body to the test, you know, um, and I think that you can do, you can take a photo shoot and you, you'll always have um, that moment to document, to say, listen, I've done this with my body. And for that, I commend bodybuilding. It's beautiful because you get to create something. And as creators, this is you sculpting this little statue. Um, so with that, going into the gym and knowing that, the the workout is probably not going to be as interesting as it was when I did um, athletics because that that was a totally different ball game. Um, but understanding why you're doing this and the the angles, it's it's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful sport if you know why you're doing it because there's a lot of vanity um, attached to the sport as well. You know, Ben, Rafael, yeah. 
Yes, Raphael, what's up? Pam, well done on your journey so far on, in losing the 18Ks. Can you just be in touch with one of us from Plant Field? We just want to send you something just to keep you motivated and on your path. Awesome. I just want to, uh, it does lead me to a question to more to Steffi and Dean and you, Raphael. Um, I've, hit, I've hit a plateau now. So I'm, I'm eating the right food. My macros are correct. Um, there's obviously still deficits and I'm working out. But the scale's not moving. But I also understand it's not about the scale. It's about measurements. It's about, you know, your clothes fitting. Yes, my clothes are definitely falling off my body. And my measurements are probably much smaller. But what's frustrating to me is that the scale is moving down. And I am doing strength training along with my cardio hitch. And I understand that, you know, I'm building muscle and I've gone over to slightly bigger weights. Um, I'm starting to push myself from an endurance perspective. What do you do when you hit that wall? Sorry, Dean, do you want to go? Yeah, look, I think... Let me do it. Let me do it first, and then see if you can come in as a professional who's done it completely. But for me, as a as a layman, I'm I'm not a personal trainer, so I've I've had to learn to understand how my body works, and based on that, kind of apply uh, different methodologies. And whenever I started hitting a plateau, personally, I had to change the way I train. So, for example, if my focus was more on high reps, um, lower weights, and those kind of things. I had to then change, switch it up, and start pushing heavier weights, lower reps, all of those things. So it's really about finding, for me personally, it's about shocking the body. And I always found that my body responded a lot quicker once I put my body into shock and just changed up my entire routine. Uh, and I still apply that till today. I know that you currently train with Tristan. Am I right? I know. So I think here's what I suggest you do. I'm going to I'm going to put you in contact with one of our, our network trainers to try and give you a little bit of more advice and try and switch it up because I know it is very easy to get kind of stuck into a bit of a routine. Um, and then once you hit that plateau, it can be quite... Uh, demotivating so we want to definitely keep you motivated and and we'll put you we'll put you in touch with one of our network trainers uh, and they can give you some 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 advice to really just keep starting and keep going again that's very kind of you thank you so much and thank you Shiki and um, Dean and Raphael for the opportunity to share my story and to ask for questions Thank you. Well done on, on the hard work. Um, it, it really is commendable. And I just need to, like, I, there's nothing that I can add more. Um, you need to change the way you train because there's something like progressive overloading and, you know, the shock basically put your body through um, cycles of shock, you know, in order to, to, to reach a different goal. Because you, that's, that's what it is, you know, when, when you achieve what you wanted to achieve, there's always something more that you can do. You, you, you'll you never arrive. And that's what, where the shock cycles come in. That's important, Steffi. If I take it from my personal experience, I run and I cycle, which Dean absolutely hates. And as soon as... Why do you, why do you, have, to throw, why do you have to throw me under the bus? 
I also started cycling um, not so long ago and it is quite grueling to sit on the bike for about four or five hours, you know. It's a totally different mindset that you have. You, you need to be a bit crazy, um, Rafael. So. Running and cycling is a very social sport, so you're always with people. So for, for me, I measure my performance against the people I'm with. So as soon as I can keep up with them, I don't feel the need for improving. So my goals always stay the same, if that makes sense. But but I think I think what's important, especially in, in the social settings, is um, the fact that um, you know, like we got a we've got a friend that is a cyclist, and he started in the B team, and then you progress to the A team, depending on 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 what you want to achieve. But if if you outgrow the people that you've been riding with then somebody's got to step up. Either they have to step up or you have to step out. Don't don't invite me to come and cycle with you. I am stepping out 100%. Steffi, Survivor. Now, I, I know you were kind of like dubbed the, 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 the South Africa's uh, Lara Croft or Lara Croft. Yeah. How did, you, how did you prep for that? How did you prep for Survivor? I mean, look, we, I know we're running out a little bit of time. I don't think anybody minds if you listen to it. I am very interested to hear how this all went about because I watched it. And so I want to know, how did you prep for this? To be honest, I stopped training because I didn't want to look like a threat. <laughs> and I stacked on about four or five kilos um, because I felt that I was going to go into, you know, a hectic you know, deficit, because obviously you're not going to eat. So you have to have some re reserves in the tank to feed off of. So that's what I did. And it worked because I um, was in the island for 37 days and I lost about five kilos. Other people lost. Um, okay, maybe because I've got muscle memory and, you know, my body went into a phase of, yes, I lost fat. Uh, but it it held on to my muscle. So mm. like someone in our season, like a Rob, lost about 15 kilos. Wow. You know, so, so there are people who've lost, you know, Nicole lost, I think, 11. And yeah, I lost five kilos um, because also I fed on coconuts the whole day. Uh, <laughs> They were free in, in Samoa. Like I would eat one entire coconut for breakfast. And because coconuts are laxative, the rest yeah. of the tribe, it didn't respond with the rest of my tribe mates. So, and it responded, you know, I it didn't affect me at all. So yeah. I ate coconuts. In terms of like protein, I mean, what did you guys eat for protein? I mean, I don't think I could do that. Me on an island, just eating coconuts. I know that sounds like an ideal situation for a vegan, but trust me, I love food way too much to put myself in that kind of situation. So if, you, if we didn't fish, you don't eat protein. If you didn't catch any, you know, crabs or mussels or whatever, you wouldn't eat. So we did a lot of foraging and um, fishing, but unfortunately, um, the longer you are in the game, the more energy you need to reserve for challenges. So the fishing became less and less. And because, I mean, 
it you ex, you expend some you expend energy when you go fishing. So, mm-hmm. and if you come back and you haven't found anything, then you know you lost all of that for for nothing. So you know it's it's we ate a lot of rice and mm-hmm. coconuts, yeah. and that was that was what we what we ate. Wow. That sounds like that sounds like extreme diets. I'm I'm almost I'm almost worried that we the fact that we mentioned that I don't want people going home and and eating coconuts and rice for the next two three months to kind of lose weight. No, going into the going into the winter time. Super important. <laughs> you know, I'm listening. I'm listening to the journey you've obviously taken, just with regards to being an athlete. Am I right in saying you were a hurdles athlete, right? Yo, um, yes, that was the item that I did in athletics, but I played rugby okay. seven. Oh, yes, for the women's, uh, the SA women's sevens team. So I tore my ACL before I had to go to the to the camp, the training camp. Wow, um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a story for another day. Sad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so you've really done everything. I mean, I think you, more than anybody else, uh, people always ask me, what was my secret to weight loss? I mean, I weighed, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many people know the story, but I've, most people have probably seen the pictures. I weighed roughly about 110 kilograms. Uh, while I was living in Thailand. And that was, the experience living there was great, but being 110 and being really, really overweight and going out every couple of evenings to go and party, and you realize you, you're sharing the floor with all these people who have pricked their bodies to come into this island, uh, and you completely, you feel inadequate, right? So I made the decision I'm going to change the way I'm doing things and I'm going to start dieting. So this was my first real experience of attempting diets, restrictions. I'm going to put it as restrictions because I hate the word diet. I really do. Um, But I think there, there is a place for it when it's necessary. But I think in general, people have been caught up instant gratification so they don't really want to. They want to work for it, but they only want to work for it like in a short time period. I, I always, I always refer to friends of mine who used to say, "Okay, if I'm going to start training with you and I'm going to come and join you at gym, how quickly will I have a six pack?" And I'm immediately just thinking to myself, "Oh wow, if this is how you're starting, then good luck, because the journey ahead is not going to be a quick one." And I. I went and started doing this very restrictive diet and I started doing broccoli and chicken breasts. Right. So this is for the listeners. This was obviously before I went vegan. Um, And all I ate was broccoli and chicken breast every single day. Uh, And in the morning I used to drink raw eggs like I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. If I think about it now, it's ridiculous that I even did that. And I, it's even more ridiculous that I didn't even catch salmonella. So maybe that's a good thing. 
I went through this and the crazy part about it is only now looking back, I realize how many nutrients I was probably missing out on during that time. Don't get me wrong. I lost weight. I did. But guess what happened as soon as I stopped eating like that restrictively? I put on so much weight. Um, It was, I mean, I actually hated myself. That's when I really had this bad, bad relationship with food. And what ended up happening was I I started yo-yoing. My weight used to yo-yo because I used to go to gym. I used to be very strict with myself. I used to only eat. Uh, a number of things. I used to cut out my carbs. Uh, you know, these myths that you that, that we've all heard, like cut out your carbs, cut out sugar, don't eat bread, um, all these things. And I did all of that and I would start losing some weight. I'd start looking good. But you know what happens. I mean, we've all been there. As soon as you start feeling good and looking good, you start becoming a little bit lazier. And what ended up happening was, I started eating normally. I started becoming a little bit more lazy in the gym and I started putting on their weight and their weight comes back with a vengeance, right? And, and, and what, I, what, I ended up, what ended up happening was I realized I couldn't perpetuate the cycle. I made the decision to go vegan in, I think it was the end of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. So this year will be almost three years close to about October, which is insane because I love my braai. <laughs> so now my braai is very different. And I know you're a big steak fan, uh, Steffi. So we're not, we're not going to push all of the, the vegan propaganda. Yeah, the but thing- look at this, you know, at least I eat red meat like once or twice a week now. Mm. So I've progressed. I've, I've definitely made some progress. As Namibian, meat is everything to you guys. Chicken is seen as a vegetable in Namibia, let's be honest. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, have you done any crazy diets? Um, Have I done any crazy diets? Yeah. Yeah. Except from dieting for bodybuilding? No. Because I think I've always been, you know, when you see that you're picking up some weight then you just have to cut down so it's all about the fat carb protein ratio and if you understand that and you understand what your body how your body responds to different um, food types and I mean I love chips like potatoes I love but I can't have them in in excess you know so then um, if I have potatoes then then I need to make sure that for the rest of the day, I keep it clean. So yeah. the thing is, you can't deprive yourself completely. And that's what yeah. I'm saying with for, with dieting for bodybuilding. Afterwards, I was emotionally scarred because yeah. I was in, on such a restrictive um, diet. I I couldn't even do re- reverse dieting because I was I was I was done. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I think as athletes. Um, the younger you are, you get away with eating pizza and all of that because your um, energy that you expend is so much more and higher than um, would you should you train for lifestyle. So yeah. depending on where you are in your journey, in your fitness journey, 
Um, are you starting now only? Do you have muscle memory? Did you do sport um, at school level or tertiary level? Or are you starting afresh? Is this um, a completely new journey? All of, the, all of, all of these things um, you need to factor in when, when um, going on a journey, you know, with eating and all of that. And, and my, my best advice is to educate yourself about what, what are good fats. Um, why, why should I eat protein with every meal? Why, um, what is trans fats? Um, why shouldn't I eat saturated fats? Why like, and you know, some people like we went and we did a DNA analysis and it actually gave us, um, it gave me the history of my, my, my DNA, my bloodlines. And, um, you know, it, it kind of also sets sets you up um, so that you know, listen, this, this does, doesn't work for me. I'm not, I'm actually not allowed to eat so much red meat. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do to aid in your, your journey, your weight loss journey, but it's important to not go on something where you're completely restricted and mm-hmm. so, like, like you mentioned, Dean, the yo-yo effect. Yeah, because because now you diet, you achieve, um, you lose X amount of kilograms in in thirty days, and um, when you start introducing carbs again, you don't know how to reverse diet and 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 put it in um, or add it to your to your meals. So then you just have everything in excess, and what your body does, it then stores all of that. Because guess yeah. what? I'm I'm not gonna have this again. So I need to. I need to hold on to dear life. Um, <laughs> and yeah, understand your body and also understand emotionally what exercising and training does for you emotionally. Um, because once you implement training, um, your body starts craving healthier things. It is yes. just like that, you know, so. So because then you start cultivating discipline by waking up early in the morning and going to the gym. So it, it changes your entire mindset and your outlook on, on the fitness journey. So um, don't just diet. If you don't yeah. like training, then find something that you that you like. You know, there are different ways to, to exercise. Um, people can go on hikes, you know. Um, yep. just, just be physically active, um, with that and get yourself a, a smart watch to count your, you know, track your steps or whatever to keep you accountable because, yeah. um, and, and that's also why I think it's important to go to the gym so that you can have like, or with your husband or your wife or your friend to have like an accountability partner so that if you don't feel like training today, you can't drop the person that that goes to gym with you, so yeah. so that's that's also important. Get yourself an accountability partner, um, um, who also understands your journey and understands why you need to do this. Because ultimately, it's not about weight loss. It's it's about the emotional baggage that you also need to off, off, offload, um, yeah. and that's why we need to learn how our bodies work mentally, emotionally, and physically, and feed mm. ourselves with good content, good stimuli, like 
um, the food, the nutrients, um, the, what you listen to. It's a holistic journey. Sefi, I think, I think you're spot on. I mean, whenever somebody asks me, and I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll finish up. I think you've given us some, some good tips, some good insight. Um, I think the next time we bring you on board, we could maybe get a little bit more in detail in terms of how to calculate your calories, uh, what you need to do, and really hit it like more scientific. I think there will be some people who will be very, very interested in that. The alternative is obviously reach out to us and we can put you in contact with one of our, our wellness network trainers and they can they can put you on the journey as well. For me personally, I would probably say the thing I learned the most out of my entire weight loss, muscle building, body recomposition, transformation, whatever you want to call it, is that I now enjoy food. I don't look at it as a punishment or a reward. I eat what I want to eat in terms of what I'm in the mood for. If I want to eat slap chips, I'm going to eat it. You mentioned potatoes. I absolutely love that's. I think I tweeted this uh, two days ago. I said this is, you know, this is God's favorite vegetable. So. You know, at the I end of the day, I'm, ne- I'm, I'm never ever going to give it up. Never ever, right? It's, so. like, it's like for me, it's um, steak and chips. Those are the best things for me, you know. <laughs> no, you have, to, you have to not throw the steak in there. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going I'm, I'm to let it go. As long as the chips are there, I'm, I'm quite happy. But I think the, the thing that made the biggest difference for me is that I've stopped being overcritical of the way I'm eating. I need to understand that if I want to have the things that I know is going to be a lot more calorie dense, I also know that I'm going to have to put a little bit more work in, in terms of being active. And I think I love what Pam said, because it's not just about going to gym. And I think a lot of people think you have to go to gym if you want to lose weight or if you want to burn fat. But the truth is, if you understand the science behind it, if you are consuming less calories and burning more, you will lose weight. That's the way the body works. So when she said she keeps herself active, going and and taking a walk, you know, um, in the middle of the day, keeping active, just stay active, just keep moving. I think we've become so used to being stationary because of the kind of work that we do. We sit behind laptops nowadays, uh, majority of us, and we become stagnant. And then when we get home, we sit on the couch and we eat our meals there. We watch our TV, our entertainment, and we don't move enough. But I think finding that balance between moving and also making the right choices with regards to your food without restrictions. I'm going to say that again without restrictions. If you want, everybody has always said Coke is bad for you. Everybody's always said it. It's a lot of sugar in Coke. But here's the thing. If you love a glass of Coke, have a glass of Coke. Just understand you're going to have to work your butt off to make sure that you burn those calories. And as long as you're willing to commit to yourself that that's what you're going to do, it makes it a lot easier to keep your body in check. Before I went vegan, my body weight used to fluctuate anything between 
five to maybe seven or eight kilograms, sometimes even up to about 10 kilograms, um, depending on whether I was being lazy or not. The way I approach my life now, my lifestyle right now in terms of food is I eat what I want to eat. I work my butt off if I need to, depending on how I've been eating. So I try and balance it out. My weight has not changed by more than three kilograms in almost three years. Now, considering that I'm turning 40 in um, what, like three weeks, that's, I mean, to be in that kind of space, I'm so grateful, but it's also understanding my body and there isn't a one, you know, one size that fits all. Understanding your body and what works for your body, I think that's that's the real big key to it. And once you understand how your body works, what your body needs, I think it becomes a lot easier and a lot more rewarding when it comes to weight loss and that fitness journey. I think that's very, very important. Dean, what you touched on is very important. Everyone has a different journey in terms of weight yes. loss. And you need to identify it. You need to identify your goals. And when you're trying to achieve it, you need to be happy at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, sorry, guys, if I can interject. Just for the newbies, um, because I've been on this journey now for about a year. Um, I do have to say, for the new people, get someone to help you. Don't just go into it and decide, I'm going to start eating cottage cheese and provitas. And just start. <laughs> like a maniac, um, you really, really need to join, uh, talk to a, a personal trainer, talk to a nutritionist, talk to everything. I did that. I spoke to a nutritionist. I understood what I had to do. I understood that the portions that I was eating on my plate were too big. I now eat out of a side plate. And not yeah. because I'm respecting. It's literally the portion size that I need to be eating because I am a very short person. But I'm very, I'm carrying a lot of weight. So you need to sit up with a nutritionist. You need to sit up with a dietitian. You need to sit up with a doctor, um, whoever it is. And then also from a fitness perspective, speak to a fitness professional so you don't hurt yourself. The okay. biggest mistake is everyone just eat salad and like they, they're miserable and then they run to the gym and then they, they go full out and they just hurt themselves. And, yeah. and then they never go back to gym again because they hurt themselves. And it's like, okay, but um, you didn't give it a chance and you got to take it slow. I literally started doing exercise because I was so unfit. Mm. I just did 20 minutes a day, three times a week. That's what I gave myself. Mm. I'm now at a level where I'm 45 to 50 minutes, five days a week of high-intensity straight workouts, plus I have about four or five kilometer walks when I do my walks during my, my, my day, and then on weekends, it's hiking or so, it's active rest of some kind or yoga, but uh, again, it's it's about, it's, uh, it's Dean, Steffi, Raphael, you guys said this, it's not a get up and just go to the gym kind of thing, it's your whole lifestyle, your whole yeah. life changes, and yeah. the way I Food is no longer the same. I eat for purpose. I eat yes. for the purpose of what I need to do. You I eat know for that fuel. My, yeah, I eat for fuel and it needs to be nutritious. However, mm. if it's my birthday, 
and we're having tequila. We're having tequila. It's all good. There we go. We go. (laughs) But 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 the thing is, here's the thing. It's the moderation talk that comes in. Yes, Yes. it's your birthday. Eat the cake, but eat one slice of cake, not the whole. (laughs) and and not every single goddamn week for your your birthday your birthday um for your birthday month um and I still eat um the vegan um Burger King burger I I like the taste better than the normal Burger King burger thanks Dean for that <laughs> every now and again if I feel like having some sort of junk food without the chips I don't get the chips because obviously that defeats the purpose but I have myself. A, um, I have myself a burger or yeah. I make my own goddamn burger without the nonsense and yeah. I'm still getting everything I need but again it goes down to macronutrients understanding how they work with your body please do not do this on your own and run off yeah. and just go I'm going to eat spinach and never eat anything again and then three months later you're frustrated you haven't lost anything nothing's happening to your body Speak to a professional, many professionals. You need three. You need at least um, an endocrinologist to look at your um, hormones, your bloods, how your body is functioning, if you are lacking a certain vitamin or something like that, a full panel blood test. And then speak to a nutritionist based on that. And then afterwards, speak to a fitness trainer, a coach, uh, speak to Dean, speak to Raphael, speak to Tristan on Twitter, speak to them on how to get started without hurting yourself and keep going. And slowly but surely you add in more movement. I could not take the stairs last year this time. I could only walk up one flight of stairs. I walk up seven to my apartment now. It's just something I do. It's, it was a challenge, and I was like, I bet I can't walk up to my apartment from the, the parking. And I did, and it's now become a thing. I, I no longer look at the lift as something that I have to take unless um, I'm really late for something. But yeah. um, you start small. Take the, take the goddamn stairs. Um, you know, take a walk. Do something um, and, and bring more movements into your, into your life. I think that's yeah. the biggest switch. The food is easy because once you get into, I have recipes that are go-to recipes. Steffi, you, you mentioned this. It was your, you know, your free veggies that you knew you could eat whenever. And I, the fridge is full of it for me. And I have recipes and ways to just make it delicious and palatable. No, not just salt and pepper. By the way, Nando sauce has no sugar in it. It's actually pretty great. <laughs> Um, Nando's chili sauce is actually pretty epic as a diet food um, or, a, or a food that can make your food uh, taste better. But I literally make meals that nourish my body. Green, lots of green, lots of color, um, a good healthy amount of fat and a lot of protein. And that is how I structure my plate. And it's still a side plate. And it does what it needs to do. But yeah, speak to a professional before you just run off into the sunset and try and be like Dean and Steffi. <laughs> Listen, guys, I think it, let's close it. Let's close it out. I think you touched on the most important parts, um, and in my opinion, I think you're 100 percent spot on. Support. I think if you can find the right support. 
um, that can make your journey a lot, a lot more easier. And I think that's what people really need to be be tapping into. Like I mentioned, we have a plant-fueled wellness network. Get in touch with us. You can DM the plant-fueled account directly. You can DM me directly. Ask your questions. Let me put you in touch with the right people. If you need a dietitian, we'll do it. If you need a personal trainer, we'll do it. If you just need somebody to keep you motivated, hey, listen, I'll do it for you. Whatever you need. We want to get you to a space where everybody's comfortable with themselves and happy with themselves. And I think once you're on that path, and that journey, then weight loss is not something you focus on, but holistic wellness becomes the king. And that makes everything so much easier. I want to thank my co-host, Rafael, for joining us this evening. And I want to thank Steffi Brink for joining us. Steffi, you were amazing. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. I said 30 minutes and we we out at about an hour already. So apologies to everybody else. And everyone who's still stuck around, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, Steffi. Thanks, Dean, for having me. And um, I agree 100%. Get yourself um, the support structure and make sure that you look after yourself um, on this journey because, I mean, it's a journey. Like, get yourself a psychologist as well, you know, to fix all of the mental stuff um, that you've been dealing with, emotional stuff, because it's not just about the weight loss journey. It's about getting getting healed, you know. Awesome. Stephen, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Rafael, you want to say goodbye? You want to say goodbye to everyone? Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks, Steffi. Please check out our account, Plant Fuel ZA, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, as well as our website, plantfuel.co.za. Um, and then, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to episode three. I'm hoping to see you guys um, for episode three as well. That's in two weeks' time. Uh, tonight's recording will be live on our podcast channel uh, on Monday. So... If you want to go and listen to this again, please do so. But thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful evening. 